and welcome to episode 301 of the Awesome Comics Podcast, a place where the small press makes one hell of a big noise. I'm Vince Hunt, writer of MI666, and joining me as always are the creator of the webcomic Vanguard, Dan Butcher. Hello. And the man who's a walking controversy, but we love <laughs> him anyway. No, he's the creator of Atomic Hercules and more coming your way soon. It's Mr. Tony Esmond. Yep. Bummed again. <laughs> oh, Tony. Look. It'll be all right. It will all. It will all be all right. Do you know what? I'm actually quite positive about it. I don't really yeah. care. Yeah. The uh, we'll get it out there. Whatever happens, it's just uh, the tell millennials. Our the millennials of the well, we're currently as we speak. Um, we're we've just had our third email saying that we're being reviewed by Patreon, who won't launch us as we intended to launch on Friday. But we don't this really is, know. This what's is going the on. tribute press Patreon that we tribute press about for the past uh, starting with the weeks, yeah. George Mayhem that me and Daryl at Daryl Thorpe have done. But the uh, it's. I don't know what's going on. It's probably a load of millennials who just can't be bothered to work over Easter. Do you know what I mean? Just send out these automated <laughs> emails. But uh, oh well, we'll see. Well, we've I've tweeted at them. We've sent them. There's a very little way of contacting them. There's a sort of box you can fill in and send off, and we've tried that. And yeah. We'll see what happens. Oh well. I mean, if you're yeah. catching up on this episode, um, probably a couple of weeks after it goes live properly, it's probably already available now. So hopefully, uh, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. My wife said uh, Easter, like Easter Sunday is like, Chris- like like Christmas. Now I'd like to dispute that. It's not. It's nothing like Christmas. <laughs> Christmas is pretty good. Easter is pretty. Yeah. It's a bit boring yeah. Easter, isn't it? Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, it's good when you're like working. And you have like the four day weekend, but now it feels like every fucking day's a four day weekend. You know what I mean? Oh, <laughs> <It's> just- <laughs> I was desperate for this weekend. I've been like working like nonstop. And then it seems to have gone by in a, in a blink. Yeah, I've been yeah. so busy doing crap, um, catching up on stuff. It's just sort of shot by. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, just goes, man. Doing housey bits and gardening. Check me out. I was in the garden too, man. Doing the fucking mowing. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We're gonna form our own super team, aren't we, Dan? <laughs> I, I, I told you this at the drink and draw. Ladies like the dad bod, don't they? <laughs> The DIY dad, they like that. <laughs> the drink and draw, yes, we might as well say this now. Thank you very much again to Tom Curry for hosting this week's drink and draw, which has just happened. That was good fun. Yeah, it was a good one. Lot, lots of interesting talk going on about like comics. I mean, as well as the, the drinking and the drawing that happens, and lots of laughs. Um, seriously, folks, I I, I would definitely enjoying it because there's lots of like process talk and people are there's, there's some fascinating talk about pens I yeah we had pen pen talk didn't we for about yeah. half an hour that was good yeah, yeah. showing different nibs of pens yeah pen talk. japanese yeah. sort of inking pens uh, oh those the cream colored pens yeah i know the ones yeah zach, I've got them. zach simmons hern chris imber and cliff cumber all were talking about the different pens and they look yeah hmm. yeah so there's all nice. kinds of stuff it's not just like the nonsense. A lot of talk about the anthology as well. There yeah. was little people were drawing the anthology as we were talking, which is quite nice. Oh, nice. Yeah. 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 So thank you again to everyone that was uh, that joined us. It was a good laugh. Did he talk about the subject you wanted to talk about, Vince? Did that come up at all? What subject is that? i got many subjects. I want. About the uh, magazines and news on the... Oh, uh, no. No one, no one mentioned this, and I think it's because you couldn't make it, Dan. Um, but... Yeah, because you posted up something recently, and we've talked about comics, the importance of comics getting into onto you know new. I say new stands. Do you know what I mean? Like the W. H. Smiths or the Waitroses or, or things like that. Those sort of magazine shelves. 
because that's probably where a lot of kids, you know, the parents are going to pick up a comic for their kids. And we complain about, like, most of it is all just tat now, isn't it, Dan? Yeah, if you can call it a comic. They're not comics. It's just like a lightweight 15-page printed booklet with... It's got, like, some puzzles in it, maybe a couple of pages of a comic strip, and... And some plastic throwaway sort of... Crap on the front that usually busts within the first half hour of being played with. Well, you're a grown-up, Dan. You shouldn't be playing with it. But, we... <laughs> however, however, you posted up something a couple of weeks ago saying that um, one of the um, stores over here in the UK are not going to be stocking this. It's Waitrose. Waitrose. Waitrose is not going to do it. Because no. <laughs> um... of the, just environmental concerns, just because of the, the plastic crap. Comics for the people. Yeah, yeah. But Waitrose, Waitrose, some... I don't know if that quite matches. But, but yeah. Waitrose, Waitrose do stock of... the Phoenix. Yeah, Waitrose stock the Phoenix. Um, they're one middle of class. Ones, they, they seem yeah. to be sort of. I mean, it's probably. I mean, I'd love to see places like W. H. Smith doing things like this, but they're not. You know, I mean, how long are W. H. Smith going to be around in this? this at the moment, do, but, can um, I ask a question? I always, I keep hearing this about Waitrose stocking the Phoenix. Yeah, I've never seen it in Waitrose. Have you no, not? Uh, not no, all. I've been they, in five or six Waitroses and looked for it. Never seen it. Some you, do. So you're middle Sometimes. class. I am. There's yeah. one I went into <laughs> where I used to live, and they didn't. But there's, I can remember being in one recently. I say recently before the lockdown, and said, "Oh, we got the Phoenix." Went, yes, there. And right. There was. <laughs> yes, where, where was it? Because I look because they have a little newspaper at section and magazines and stuff, and I didn't see it there, and I didn't see it by the tills. They like there was it was a um, it was a waitress with like quite a decent magazine selection. It had like uh, what was that comic one they did, and then they knocked it on the head. It had like Independence bit in it. Uh, oh, I can't recall the God. fucking title, but it was next to that, and I was like, oh okay. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like it was like five ten pounds for the fucking magazine. It was yeah, really yeah, and they, really they normally yeah. Some sometimes you have like some omnibus sort of marvel reprint sort of stuff don't yeah they? yeah those sort yeah. of marvel comics i mean i, I live in a, a fairly middle class area and where my office is is very middle class and there's not um it's not in there and that's quite a big weight trose okay um well yeah it was getting in the touch one with at, the phoenix and yeah i know I mean, to be honest, if you want the Phoenix, you should subscribe to them anyway, because they you get, get sent to I mean, it's, I'm not, I just looked out of curiosity for the pod. Oh, it's not my yeah. speed, but the, yeah. I was thinking, oh, I'll have a look, because yeah. I keep hearing about it, but no. Yeah. I okay, mean, but then would... again, you don't see 2000 AD in all the, the W.A. Smiths either. Yeah. 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 I mean, it'd be, I mean, we want comics in as many hands as possible, don't it? It'd be nice to see mm. more comics. But, it's but like different... I said, I, I don't think just because they're going to get rid of those magazines with tat on the cover, that will... Makes the comics come flocking in. Well, to the that. problem is they're not comics either. Those things we no, they're not. But they're just like stupid puzzle things and to shut yeah. your kid up. And that the yeah. plastic bit is part of it. Best way to shut um, your kid up is a comic. Honestly, that those <laughs> magazines I bought it for my son many a time, Hold and they on. shut him up for like thirty seconds to a minute. It really, just not. Yeah. Just kind of glance through it, and sometimes I say, "Oh, look, do the crossword, do this," and then that'll keep him entertained for a bit, and then it's on to the you, next. Were you giving him a copy of the Financial Times? Do the crossword. Uh, do the crossword. That, yeah, that, just that, no, give him a copy of the Spectator. No, no, no tea till he, he finished crossword. Yeah, the dad absorbing. It. Yeah, it's been weeks. You used to be able to get, be given a copy of the Sun and read George and Lynn, didn't you? But that's all stopped now. Yeah, Polit- stopped. Political yeah. correctness gone crazy. Hagar the horrible. Is that still going? Yeah, just, don't I don't know, know actually. They do that striker in 3D. It's always really oh, I hate <laughs> an that. abomination. Oh, 
You know, that looks you know, about two steps away from porn to me, that one, that yeah, striker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Terrible. But you know what is terrible? I mean, kids don't read comics. Do kids read comics very rarely? They might read picture books occasionally, but... My, you know. What are talking about, Tony? Demon Slayer book two and three today, and he can't wait to get stuck into them. Yeah. Kids, we need to get more kids reading comics. Cause I know, these... I know, there's, they, they, we need to, but yeah. they're not, though, are they? No. Well, we can't necessarily... I mean, maybe they are. Well, they're not listening to this show. They're reading uh, manga. Right? Yeah, maybe me, me yeah. reading some manga. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sex people. Sex people. Speaking of sex people, let's talk about mm. our sponsor, Comic House, because they're sexy Comic people. Yeah. Yeah. Are they sex people? Not sex. They're sexy people. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Yeah. The sex people, Lynn. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Comic House are our sponsor there, an indie comic marketplace that loves. Small press and indie comics from the UK and around the world, and we love them. Um, if you go to comichouse.com, there's a huge selection of titles on their database. If you self-publish yourself, you can list your book on there, and it's another avenue to start selling your work straight away. Um, they've got a feature section on their site, and always sort of refresh that. Um, they've also got their own app, which is brilliant. It's basically like Netflix for comics, subscription service, only £3 a month, and you get access to an enormous library of digital indie comics. Um, and three pounds a month is less than your your average bigger title now every week. But yeah, the the library has been added to all the time. Uh, what's on there at the moment, Dan? Well, there's a title I was kind of when it first popped up on the app we uh, talked about with uh, Andy W. Clifton. He came and it was capable uh, oh, issue yeah. one, and I just noticed volume th- issue three is on there now. Okay. So I'm gonna have to dip into that and see how that's going on because he really rated that title. Uh, we've got the brand magazine, Live Your Brand. Uh, I've got a four-page, four-page, five-page comic in there. Have you uh, got, what have you got in there? Uh, there's a comic called The Maze in there. Oh. So oh. check that one out. Yeah. Uh, that was done a little while ago. Uh, we've got Spare Keys for Strange Doors, issue three. Spare Keys for Strange Doors, issue four. Zero Metal, issue one. Zero Metal, issue two. And new on the app, Snake Claws, volume one, issue six. Wrath of oh, the six Lewis. is up, is it? Oh, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Edison Neo. Yeah. That's the end of the first volume. He's talking about trading it now, isn't he? Yeah. I see. Yeah. Ah, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, well worth checking that. All, that's all six issues are on Comic House. Yep. So go Keep check it. them out because that's a brilliant series. Um, yeah, and you can find out all that, all that and more. There's a 14-day free trial to get stuck into the app. But if you want to find out about any of it and about our lovely sponsor that we talk about every week and they put up with these terrible ads, then check out ComicHouse.com. Mm. There Deep you go. Week. There you go. Right, we've got a little, um, as it's 301. Bloody hell, 301. God. Is it just me that feels old? No, man. There's 300 odd ahead. <laughs> 300 more to go. 300 yeah. more to go, indeed. I mean, I mean, we'll find things to talk about. <laughs> because most of the time I forget them every week, so I need to ask people um, <laughs> how to make comics. But yes, this this week we've got we got a little interview for you here, um, and it's a little a little bit of a treat because it's sort of a, a flashback to a guest that we had near the beginning of the show. So mm. um, without further ado, check this out. Okay, we've got a little bit of a treat this week because um, I don't know where the time has gone, um, but three hundred episodes have passed since we've spoken to our guest this week that it just seemed right to have a there's a certain symmetry isn't there dan to uh yes to this week's guest 
Um, the balancing. To kick off our next 300 episodes is our returning first ever guest and creator of Merrick, the sensational elephant man, Tom Ward. Hello, sir. Hi, guys. I feel like I should do that awu off the 300 or something. No. <laughs> I thought you were doing a Chris Akabusi. I mean, that's an awu guess. Oh, yeah, sorry. yeah, sorry. <laughs> just as great. Yeah. Um, but even though, I mean, we've seen Tom at conventions, of course, and like we've chatted and, and stuff, but obviously the past couple of years have, have flown by. But it's been crazy. I mean, last time we spoke, um, and we, we just talked about this just before we started recording, um, issue four of Merrick had had just been released, or was just about to be released. And, I mean, we've talked about it many, many times on this show, whenever we mention one of your Kickstarters or, or recommended the books that you've done. What you've done with the Merrick series is just, it's, it's just awesome. Man, it's just yeah, like it's thanks. Just, it's just no, yeah. It's strength to strength, and also consistency, and and, yeah. and a character that you know. It's a truly independent character. I mean, there are some people who didn't listen all those years ago. Um, for those who don't, is it, I mean, let, let's have the, the quick setup before we get stuck into the meat of this, this roast. Well, actually, it's not a roast. But what 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 is Merrick? Um, so, so it's like a, a, a fictional retelling of the story of Joseph Merrick, the Elephant Man. Um, so, es- essentially, the first kind of volume is fairly like historically based. Um, you know, the people, places, years, um, the events are all kind of factual. Mm-hmm. Um, Joseph Merrick was betrayed by his new manager, who stole all his life savings and kind of abandoned him in Europe, and then he made his way back to London. And uh, met up with a doctor who he'd, you know, had previous dealings with, um, and kind of in real life he just kind of lived his days out in the uh, in the hospital. And in the comic, it turns into like a pulp revenge story. Mm. Um, since then, it kind of, you know, that's kind of the premise and the setup. And then we've used that to kind of go a bit off the rails, and it becomes a bit more outlandish and a bit more kind of outrageous. Um, but yeah, the core of it is kind of a like a historical pulp series with kind of superhero elements i'd say yeah, yeah. Th- there's a definite pulp angle isn't there dan to it yeah definitely they, they uh, people make that comparison of the uh, like bprd and all that stuff which i don't it's fair in some ways but not in another i don't think it does it justice the series uh i mean the the american crow uh sensational uh, dr crow has such a great crossover for either, if you're a reader of either character and you go into that, you can get the flavour of the other one. And after reading like that one, I was like, oh, I want to find out more about the Doctor Crow character. Yeah, uh, I think that was fun because that was like the, you know, we kind of went into it with that as the as the goal. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was like me and Corey had these similar books, and it was like he he asked if we wanted to do a crossover series, and it was like, well, this is like a brilliant idea to have something separate from both the series that was mm. kind of a taster of both um, mm. that at different levels you could take in and appreciate if you were a fan of one series or a fan of the other series or even if it was just the first comic of either that you read but the idea was to kind of use it as like like a feeder um, yeah. his fans would check out our book and our fans would check out his book but while having it as you know an enjoyable comic in its plus, own right plus I guess also canon the, the, the actual crossover is canon to what happens is it? It is in Merrick. Um, I can't speak for Corey's Doctor Crow, but I, I 
I think it probably would be. What um, are the, the those? Um, what's that like then? Because you know, every, you know, I think a lot of creators who have got characters, they discuss with each other about like having crossovers or what if our characters meet or whatever. But it's a very different thing when you go ahead and do it. Plus, to yeah. make it part of your world and to make those elements, you know, you know, any any moment has repercussions, doesn't it? Um, so, how did you go about? figuring out like where it was in the timeline where you know how it would influence things going forward was it or was it just issue four has happened then there's this crossover and then there's issue five that kind of example do you mean yeah well it's it slots in between six and seven so we were kind of like in a bit of a natural lull because we just finished Mm, the story arc and um, dr crow had just finished its first kind of volume run um i don't think Corey had any other plans moving forward on that as of yet um, so it was just a case of kind of getting we, we worked around the idea of like you know everyone loves a good crossover issue like yeah. I don't think they're probably quite as pre- prevalent now as they yeah. were back in the day but you know you had like Marvel team ups like that was a whole series because I don't know I was always just a fan of that kind of thing um, and that's why we tried to play with all the kind of crossover tropes um, in in the issue, there's like the same thing that's always got to happen, isn't it? The two characters have got to be doing their own thing, and then they've got to have like a misunderstanding. They and have a fight, move then... forward, and like it does sound cheesy and kind of like doing it by almost like like a plan. But um, I think that is kind of part of the fun of it, and I'm playing with those kind of tropes. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Interestingly, we kind of we each wrote kind of the setup stories ourselves for our own characters. And then after that, we um, we took turns writing every other page, which right, was okay. a way of do- different way of doing things. Um, and then I would go through and write the kind of Merrick vocab. He would do the Doctor Crow characters, um, and then you know we'd go through some like editing process and kind of tighten things up, bounce some ideas backwards and forwards. But it was you know a completely different way to do things, and to be honest, just like really fun to make. Um, you know, rather than it being just like writing another comic, it was something completely, it was like a game basically. Nice. Uh, so one of the things I found when I was kind of like doing the early Vanguard stuff is I'd write someone else's character in, and then I realized I've got to be careful not giving them such a big part of the story as in like this really affects the story going forward because I might fall foul of that creator in the future or either might not stop making it. And then I'm making references to a character that's no longer around or stuff like that. So was you aware of that doing that one? Like you didn't want to kind of definitely me. like we definitely kind of tr- wanted to keep it balanced because it's not like it's not a merit comic, it's not a Doctor Crow comic. It is you know outside like it's not outside of current continuity, but title wise, it is its own title. Yeah. Um, so we did you know have all the pages in a spreadsheet and kind of try to count how many pages you know Merrick was you know kind of featuring prominently on how many pages Doctor Crow was featuring prominently on. Um, all the characters' input had to be as important as the others just so it was mm-hmm. nice balance basically because like yeah. you say um you don't want to just kind of steamroll one or steamroll the other you, you you want it to have a nice kind of fresh feel to it and um like for example in in the merrick series we don't use you know like kind of captions where it's kind of like an internal monologue or anything like that yeah um, but we do on this um which is quite fun or just just different to what our normal series would be. So if you were just reading it in the context of reading through Merrick, you'd be like, oh, caption boxes have turned it up out of the blue, and then they kind of go away again. So um, it is definitely its own thing. I reckon if you're sort of a comic reader, you just kind of flow into that and just 
this is what this is. And then, because I, obviously I read American and I, I didn't even really clock that, that <laughs> the captured voices come in. But, uh, I really like it. You've got the little crow on the, uh, on the, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Mary Foxes and the little elephant on the Mary Fox. I really like little touches like that. That's a nice little touch. <laughs> but Crow has also made it, and it's uh, quite a nice segue actually, to the cover of Volume Two of the True. the the collection. And uh, as we speak, this very day, I had an email saying um, that the campaign was successful, and you've taken my money from me. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, but do, do you know what? <laughs> that's we, the way it works. Yeah, that's the way it works, and also. Um, when you pledge to a campaign, make sure you pledge to one that's that's going to give you exactly what you want. And uh, Tom, you are a bit of a, you know, you know what you're doing with Kickstarter now, don't you? Uh, it feels like it feels like it. Um, you know what, what? This was our eighth Merrick one, I think. Eighth. Um, yeah. So we, you know, we've been around. We've kind of kind of done a few. Um, we're not really reinventing the wheel so to speak with anything um you know we're not kind of throwing like crazy new rewards or anything and um, we're literally just kind of paring it down keeping it simple yeah make comic print the comic and get it out and um, this is kind of a new one for us that the content was already finished so that you know is is really easy and um, we've, we've had everything ready since halfway through the campaign luke's put the print files together and the digital files um you know they've gone off to the printer already um so it really should be a case of kind of more like you know traditional kind of ordering a series of comics down your comic shop where you put the the order in the month before and the next month it it comes in Mm. so um, yeah it should be a really fast simple one which is good is it going to smell as good as your usual uh books i've I've Um, spoken many times about (laughs) about the um the, oh, it's the sensational smell of, of Merrick books, which makes me sound like a right weirdo. But Tom has, you've spoken to many people about this, haven't you? Like the print quality you get's really it's get mentioned, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's, it's probably quite different when you've got like a thousand copies sat next to you. It can get a bit overwhelming, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. I often think that, like, when I'm in my little office and I've got the kind of stacks and stacks of books fresh from the printer, that like it gets kind of weird for a couple of days so, um, so, so basically the marijuana that was ground up and put into the ink may may have been a bit overkill is that what you're saying <laughs> yeah we've got some um if you've got enough copies there are mild psychedelic properties <laughs> I reckon. Um, jesus it funny that we mentioned that uh you mentioned it online that bloody there's a uh, a creators group in facebook and someone asked a question about kickstarters and you gave your opinion and people kind of like we're dismissive of it, and it's like, well, fucking Tom's been there and done this. What was this? Like what, fucking, what was this in a fa- in a creators group on fucking Facebook? You know where everyone's on fucking expert. Facebook. That that already tells <laughs> yeah. me how you feel about this stuff. <laughs> well, yeah, it's painful in it. Like, I generally, like, I mean, it's nice. We've all kind of been doing this for a while now. Like, I've I've been doing this since like what 2014. I think um, mm-hmm. you guys have been doing it a little bit longer. And you know, you start off enthusiastic, and you like comics and stuff. Yeah. And then you kind of just just think, I'm just gonna keep my head down, just keep doing, yeah. doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Every now and then, every just every now and again, you'll see something, and you'll think, you know what? I'll um I'll help someone out. I'll I'll you know, I'll I'll, mm. I'll I'll give them a bit of advice. 
So someone will be like, oh, want to do my first Kickstarter? Never done a comic before, never done a Kickstarter before. And you go, okay, I've done a few. Doing it for a few years. Here's some things I've learned along the way. And then you'll, you'll take your time out and do it, and then someone will just reply and say, no, you're wrong. And it's like, okay, cool. Like, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Enjoy yeah. not making a comic or running a Kickstarter, whatever. Here's the old uh, no good deed goes unpunished. <laughs> Lesson yeah. learned. Don't, don't have a fucking Facebook that. group. Yeah. <laughs> I do the same, and then I forget about that incident and then do it again, and then <laughs> get the same fucking thing happen. Just you like, get it at cons as well, though, don't you? Yeah. Someone will call you and be yeah. like, Oh, I really want to do this. Um, how do you go about doing it? And you're like, well, here's how I did it. And they go, nah, I don't think that's right. And it's like, okay. Okay. Yeah, the thing is... just 10 minutes explaining, and they say, ah, oh, it's not for me, that. Yeah. So, thanks. Yeah, there's, 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 <laughs> no, there's no right or wrong way, as long as you're making comics. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, people can say something when they've made stuff. There's a lot of people that talk a good game, but they haven't printed anything. They haven't been through the Kickstarter campaign. They haven't. They haven't done... A patron. They haven't done all of these kind of things, but you know, it's the backseat driver mentality of like social media and things, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's just just makes. Well, it's like that, yeah. I pointed that one. Like there's another Facebook creators group for comics, and they were saying how their comic got all these reviews on IGN and this, and they were out outselling everything. And I was like, I've never fucking heard of this, and I never, I'm not saying I'm like know everything that's going on in the small comics world, but like if this was a, such a smash as your saying why i've not heard of it and so i said oh where's the review for this and he went oh let me dm you and i got the message from him and he said oh it, it was on there but they pulled the review like in january and i was like yeah all right and then i went on their site and all their comics were sold out and like you can't get them and i was like okay like there's fine. there's an element of like fake it till you make it isn't there and there's some people who yeah. have like that big salesman vibe um, yeah and it's just wild because we live in an internet age right now and it's like, okay, cool. Let me just put that into Google. Yeah. It's, you're not telling the truth. Yeah. Yeah. But, but if, you, um, if you get onto like the right site or sometimes, you know, you, you schmooze the right people to get a, get a headline on a website. It, it can make things because sometimes, you, you know, it's like any sort of, um, journal, you know, online journalism or whatever. Sometimes people will see a headline and think that's what it is. Mm. Well, but you've done like your, your time in the trenches time of building up yeah. your readership and yeah. fans of the title and it, it goes a long way doesn't it you can't just suddenly oh here's a comic everyone fucking back it and away we go you, you kind of need a bit it's got to be baby steps at the start to kind of yeah get where I, you are today i think um yeah i think that, that's what puts loads of people off i think because people like i want to do you know the first issue of this comic i know you know they expect it to kind of go through the roof and be a smash hit and an overnight success and, you know, mm. right away can pay page rates for everyone at Marvel rates and stuff. Yeah. And it's, it's just not the kind of reality of it. Mm. And, you know, when you say, oh, you might need to, you know, put some of your own money forward and build up and then, you know, once you kind of get a few issues, you can do your trade paperback and then once you've done the trade paperback, you know, you, you can kind of you make a lot more money on that because you're printing kind of evens out a bit more um and people don't want to hear it no. um but like yeah ours until we um until we did our first paperback like you couldn't break even at a convention you couldn't pay table costs um, and yeah. cover like travel or hotel or something like that so um like the, the fact that we've got so many issues now um really means that every kickstarter like we're not just selling 
you know, volume two on this new one. We're, we're selling volume one as well. So we're yeah. moving like a lot of back stock. So you've got more behind you. So although we didn't break even earlier on, like we've started to kind of break even on the later issues because, you know, more people have checked out, more people have told their friends, bit like where the mouth. Um, and I think as well, just the longer a series is, like people kind of take it more seriously. Like it's really hard to make like an issue of a comic. But like once you start making like a whole bunch, people must be like, "There's more to this. It's not just kind of, you know, a flash in a pan." Like, yeah. One thing. I'm gonna get to that the story. I think a lot of people read that they're just kind of one issue, a cliffhanger, and never find out what happens. And I think that's a turn off for quite a few people. Yeah, big time. I mean, yeah. I mean, what what you've, what you've done with this series is uh, like, a, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, a massive achievement achievement in the small press and in, in indie sort of world to just keep plowing on, and um, and. Uh, Obviously, we're here about learning as well, so we're going to mine you for information. And don't worry, we won't, we won't tell you that you're wrong. Uh- <laughs> I mean, the thing is, that I always kind of phrase things. I don't, I don't phrase it as this is the way to do it. Yeah. I'll phrase it as in, this is the way I've done it, and I think this works. And this is what I did the first time that I didn't think was good, and why I didn't think it was good, and how I think I've improved it. Yeah. Uh, so it is all, I always do speak. I try to speak anyway from my own yeah. kind of personal yeah. experience and my own personal thoughts. Um, I'm sure there's probably better ways or certainly different ways to do it. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, everyone's or, everyone's got their own way of working, haven't they? Exactly. Yeah. And um, I mean, this is just what works for us. Yeah. So rather than the Kickstarter, let's get let's push the Kickstarter because obviously you're just making bank and you're paying for your your yacht and everything with with, with that. So yeah, you, you're you're a golden Kickstarter boy. But in terms of <laughs> but in terms of the actual series itself and creating a book like this, I think there's a lot that people can learn from you in terms of like what it takes to do a series like this because you know everyone wants to create this uh, a character that will have a few issues and a few different story arcs or you know there's always the pie in the sky oh i'm gonna create a character that's gonna have like a 12 issue series and in your head you're thinking steady on steady on let's just get four out of the way first (laughs) um and and certainly i think with, with merrick you am i right in thinking that like there's a four issue arc and then you've got shorter arcs afterwards um, was that a le- that was that a learning you that you took from the first four issues? Because that must have been a massive curve doing the first big. Um, yeah, so the, the first the first arc was four, yeah, and then we did two story arcs of two. Um, what I kind of what I kind of the, the lesson I learned essentially was comics is expensive, um, yeah. essentially, um, and so I kind of started trying to focus on fitting more in um, there's absolutely a lot more on the page um on the later issues than there is in the uh, in, in the first four um like we're talking more content more plot we'll move things faster more things will be said it probably gets to the point where we're really kind of you know getting onto the knuckle of too much maybe but that's probably like the next lesson that we'll need to learn um Issues five and six were both oversized, and the uh, the feeling on that was it could have been a three issue arc, but I think there would have been filler pages, right. and that's just you know ten page rates on filler seems like a mistake. Um, sending it to print twice uh, with larger you know page counts is going to be cheaper than sending it to print three times with lower page counts. 
So yeah. it was kind of like an economy of work and an economy of kind of you know um, cost on what it's what it costs to make it. I think um, that's very important what you're saying there in terms of economy. Like um, when you talk about filler pages, I think I think this is something that a lot of certainly some some creators or writers certainly who are hiring artists to do things have to think about this. You know, if you're paying people, every page has to you need to get the bang for your buck because you are paying yeah you, you know you, you don't want to have that oh here's a here's a page where someone is just looking mournfully into the distance doesn't really do anything for the story but it's going to look nice then you got to think should it should it be there because it's good quality. i mean if you've got the money to do it then do it but you do have to be economical with with how to plot things out as well as yeah the story yeah. Same itself, way you, you? when you're putting the book together like you don't want to end up with three pages that you've just got to kind of fill because you got to do the multiples of four. That can be like, oh, fuck's sake. I know it doesn't usually push it up a lot price-wise, but it's just something you've got to be aware of and you don't want to chuck in a load of garbage just to get over the count. Yeah. I think I mean, there's always... a lot from um, kind of like more mainstream books, like, you know, your Marvel and DC stuff are kind of writing towards like, what, five, six issue arcs. Yeah. Um, mm. And, you know, that's someone you know they're busting it out every month um like we don't really have the kind of time constraints um yeah i'm not in a panic to finish it on a deadline mm. and all you know i can do what i want um like it's easy to you know stretch something out for six issues if someone's yeah. paying the bills like if i'm paying the bills it's like why, why would i want like you know night like 20 30 40 pages of filler that's not doing anything when i could do a two issue arc you know, and really compress it right back down. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think that that's the kind of important things. And I also kind of feel like, because I'm not constrained by having to do 22 page issues, like standard stuff is kind of all, you know, it's, it's all kind of standardized. Like I'm operating yeah. more on a kind of way the Netflix do the TV shows, not having standardized episode lengths. So I'm really mm. just working to how long I think the story needs. So is that based I, on the arc, though? For instance, like the 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 four issues at the beginning all had the same length of issue, but then if you had you had like five and six, they have same sort of lengths, although longer. Do you know what I mean? Do you do you keep it consistent, or or does it just change from issue to issue? It changes for every issue. Like um, the, or the, the next arc after that, I think issue seven's twenty pages, um, and issue eight's like thirty-two or something. Um, because what I kind of focused on even from the start was I, I think of each issue as a separate arc in itself hmm. um, right. with a beginning and an end because I am a huge fan of the opening page and the cliffhanger page. I think yeah. they're, they're parts, like I really like the serialized nature of comics, so they're really important to me. So hmm. when you've got kind of issues five and six of Merrick, um, each one has to have its own beginning, middle and end. And then obviously the cliffhanger, on five is Merrick wakes up and then he's not the elephant man anymore. So that's the, the obvious beginning for the next issue. So you kind of end on that page and then start on that kind of idea for the next one. Then that's result in the second issue. Um, that's very clearly like a two-parter, like a three-parter. Yeah. Like it would be a jumble, wouldn't it? It'd be like half the elephant man and then half not the elephant man, then half not the elephant man, half the elephant man. Mm. Um, that's probably just come across as absolute nonsense. But, um, <laughs> no, no, understand, understand. But I, I, and then the next arc, when Man Elephant's revealed, that's the obvious cliffhanger, um, and then the obvious opener. 
because you want that on the cover. You want that to be the cool first page. Um, so I, I just work around that essentially. Um, and then however many pages it has to be, it, it can be that. Yeah, so I kind of work on that principle of like you got the beginning of the story, the end, and then you can chop it up into bits and say, right, this bit is going to be the end of issue one going into two. Yeah. That's the plot. That's the cliffhanger and work it out like that. Yeah, so, that's so a, that's, that, yeah, I plot everything separately. So there's like there's the main over arc and then there's each story arc within that and then each issue is its own arc. And then you can get really into it and start considering like scenes having like I'll consider scenes having beginning beginning middles and ends or pages having big beginning middles and ends i want everything to lead you through to wanting to turn the page or wanting to see the next thing yeah yeah rather than having that kind of dead space and that's you know going back to talking about filler um mm. if like a panel isn't serving a purpose or a page isn't serving a purpose i'll just kill it yeah i think that's a kind of a skill that uh, it, it comes from kind of experience, the constant refinement of what you're doing. If you can sort of get all you want to say into the 21 pages as opposed to taking 30, that's the skill you want. There's a lot of comics I read when I feel like all this can be cut down. It didn't. It doesn't need this yeah. like, page or this panel. Cut it down and get it faster and sharper and like, like gets where it wants to be. Because everything needs to be printed in four page, four pages as well. Like if you add one page, you can't just add one page. You've got to add four pages. So yeah. if you need to add that one page, but then you've got nothing to say for the next three, then sorry, you've got to kill one of your other pages to make the one page fit. Um, yeah. Or come up with something to, to kind of make the extra three pages worth it. Um, yeah. It really is just being really brutal yeah. about what makes it in. I think it can sometimes be, um, you know, so how many times have we read an issue one of something? And by the end of the issue, you just think, well, that was a pretty looking book, but what happened? And it, it, it yeah. feels like something's about to happen, but yeah. I just wa- I've just wasted 20 pages of... You know. I think a, a lot of first issues you'll read and the hook that comes in at the end of the first issue, it's like, okay, cool, that should have been in the first eight pages, that should have been in the first six yeah. pages. Mm. Um, if you've only got, like, one beat in your first issue... Like you've just wasted so many pages. Um, yeah. You want to have at least, you know, a handful of hooks, a handful of kind of beats, so people feel like mm. they've got some content. Yeah. Um, that's kind of what we're working on. You understand the premise. I mean, like with uh, Merrick, the first issue is uh, free for the for download on the website. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, I'm I'm really surprised. Kind of, you know, more people don't do that, especially big publishers. Um, mm. Why Why wouldn't you want to get people to check it out? Because Ultimately, you're not trying to sell like one issue. Are you you're trying to sell a series? Yeah. Mm. Um, I think that's why Image do their trades like the first trades relatively cheap. So absolutely, you get people hooked in, and then and like TKO do it, don't they? They they're like, well, there's a four issue series you can buy now, but here here's the first issue. Yeah. See if you like it. If you do, they're all available now. It's that kind that kind of thing. I think it's a good way to go. You know, if you can do it. Of course. Yeah, because there's times when I've I've like been interested in getting a comic and read the first edition. Ah, this ain't for me. Yeah, it's not it's not rubbish. It's just not for me. Yeah. And if you can kind of get that out of the way by reading four titles and think, oh, I love these two, mm. and they've kind of got you as a reader, as it were. Yeah. What What are some of the um, storytelling um, lessons you've learned from issue one to where you are now, Tom? Oh, storytelling lessons. Mm-hmm. Um, Kind of what, what we've been doing is we kind of jump around genres a lot. Um, I think the advantage of being such an 
kind of on, ongoing kind of book the way we are mm. is that we've set up kind of the premise we set up the characters and you know the scenario and then we kind of using that to to make the different kinds of books that we want to do so you know we've got like the ghost stories and kind of the horror elements then we've got like some big monsters like the first volume is it's just more like a straight up kind of pulp revenge kind of story um so we kind of i don't know what the lessons are other than compression just just i've just learned to compress things down mm-hmm. um we, we i think we have some kind of heavy emotional beats as well um when people kind of talk about you know the bprd hellboy kind of comparisons i think ours our series is a lot more character based like it's a lot more depressing um we all <laughs> kind of have that kind of heavy kind of sad feeling um and, you know it, it in in Hellboy, for example, like the the world doesn't really affect Hellboy. Like Hellboy's a great book, um, but he's a character. No one seems to be bothered that he looks like the way he does. Um, he just goes on adventures, and it's just like loads of fun. Whereas ours, mm. like Merrick's, just like my life shit. I hate it. And I'm going on some adventures. Let's go back to being miserable by the end of the book. Um, <laughs> so I mean, with that in mind, I mean you've got to tap into quite a vein of misery. To, for someone like Merrick, I mean, he's it's a tragic character anyway. You know, he was a tragic person in real life anyway, isn't it? Um, so, you know, I, I mean, you've obviously hyper realised his life, but I mean, have you found yourself because you must have done, you know, you've done so much research on Joseph Merrick before the series even began? Did you did you find yourself like emotionally affected by because it's such a tragic? I mean. Such a tragic story of that cat, that person in real life, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It's um, like the, the kind of real story is just it's so sad and so depressing um, that it's kind of nice to uh, you know kind of put a twist on it. And I think people have commented that they do find it quite uplifting and like transformational um, yeah. in that way. Um, but obviously, like. It's important to, although it is like a, you know, a crazy kind of almost comic book superhero kind of comic, um, it's important to kind of keep it respectful, isn't it? Um, yeah. yeah. Real guy, um, like, sometimes I do think, like, is this exploitative or whatever? Like, is it a bit, or I think it, it's, it, we've handled it well. I think, um, like, who wouldn't want a cool comic book about them? Yeah. Ultimately, yeah. <laughs> I know, like you know, in in real life, he liked to you know dress up in a suit, and he got like you know shaving kits and and gentlemen's kind of accessories, and he liked you know reading books and pretending and and stuff like that. So I, I kind of hope he you know he dig it really. Mm. Yeah, and there is that sort I remember of, that sense of giving giving this tragic character just a bit more power as well, you know, because he was obviously fairly powerless. It, well, yeah, every, everyone yeah. was awful to him, essentially, um, yeah. except for his original manager, uh, Tom Norman, who quite ironically was painted in like a really bad light in, you know, the books and uh, the David Lynch film. Um, so, yeah, it's nice to kind of have people thinking more positively, possibly. Mm. Don't they, uh, to bring it down to our level, uh, don't they mention the, one of the only areas unaffected by the was his penis? That's <laughs> what they say. Yeah. We've not gone. Yes. That. No. 
that's gonna be the next uh, volume. <laughs> yeah. The, the, like the, the adult, the adult pinup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, all the popular Kickstarters seem to do. The popular Kickstarters with the sexy, uh, not safe for work covers. <laughs> oh, you you hit the um, yeah, you hit the titty comics on Kickstarter, and you just on the big time straight away, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 constant in a sort of turmoil of like, do I dislike these or I just laugh with it? I don't know. It kind of because you just go past endless, endless streams. All these like nudie pictures that the, the they've got the artist to draw. And you think, uh, okay, but then you look at the news and you're like, "What?" Yeah, yeah. yeah. sometimes I'm I catch like a Kickstarter and like you know it seems it seems fine and it looks cool and you think, "Oh, this looks all right." Then as you scroll down, then you see the the you know the blacked out covers. You know, where you've got the strip, and you think, "Oh, you're one of those." Oh, I see. Thirty-two different variants. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, they're like absolutely amazing stories. It's um, brilliant, but you just swap all the characters out for like big-breasted women to see you can do all these pinups, and then <laughs> you know. What I, mean? Like, I mean, I mean, that's where we're just going to get wrong. the money. That's in. where everyone's going yeah. wrong. Um... <laughs> it's just like a completely different world, isn't it? It's yeah. like it's interesting scrolling through and kind of just looking from the outside in and being like. There's guys who are just like, this is their thing, titty comics. They just yeah. love yeah. 32 variants of yeah. this girl with a tits out or in a bikini or something drawn on on a cover, and you're just like, well, they've made $100,000, <laughs> yeah. and, and this, this is my life. <laughs> I kind of always think, am I mercenary enough to do this, like to turn into it and do that? And you never will, says, Dan. Yeah, you, you never uh, will. Yeah, part of me says, yeah, you fucking will. That's great. And then whenever I get down to the nitty gritty of actually thinking about doing that, I'm like, nah, I can't. I can't. I can't, I can't really sell do it. My soul to the devil like that. Maybe they're great. Maybe, maybe like maybe, maybe maybe the stories are just absolutely banging. Yeah, yeah, they could be. Yeah, we we should never judge a book by its cover, by its uh, variant, by, by its thirty-two variant covers. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I have judged a lot of comic books on their covers oh, and totally. interiors, and then. Then read them and thought, "Fucking hell!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We we do the amount of times that I've I've looked at a cover on Comicsology, thought that's fucking great. Looked at the thumbnails, no, no, yeah. no, I, I can't. <laughs> but like, yeah, I've seen like when a Kickstarter's done really well, and then like I've read it and thought that was fucking pap. And then, like the second one's done even bigger numbers. Yeah, I was like, did they not all read the fucking first book? Because. <laughs> Nothing to this. Yeah, I, I, know. I come for the I come for the great art. I stay for the great writing. Yeah. Which yeah, retail cover have you got there? Anyway, um... <laughs> or or. But, <laughs> um, but however, no one's going to have that problem of looking at a cover and then looking inside with with America thinking, oh no, this looks yeah. completely different. Because one of the, I mean, we talk about the consistency in the story and stuff. Um, what what blackmail uh, documents do you have to keep Luke Parker um, absolutely smashing <laughs> this book out? You know, cause... oh mate, it's just quality scripts, isn't it? Just no good <laughs> hey, that's the answer we want, man. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I like I, I think Luke's like a genuine kind of fan of the, the series as well. Like, mm-hmm. um, I think we're both you know really invested in in just making a good comic. Mm. Um, You're co-creators. Well, of course, yeah. Like I, I came to him with the, with the kind of original scripts for the first four issues, but 
you know, very much the kind of aesthetics and the um, the designs, all him. Yeah. Um, like, I don't think it would read the same with, you know, different artists. Uh, it, it's great watching him progress from issue to issue. Like, you know, I thought he was great with, you know, straight from the start, but it's undeniable that he's got better. Yeah. Um, and I think only, like, that, that's, what, you know, what artists need, isn't it? A chance to do the same characters over and over again and, and you know, do a long-running book and, and be drawing the same kind of things. And that's how they're going to get their own voice and, um, you know, just develop as artists. So, yeah, it is, it is really good. Like, he complains about his old art all the time. He's like, I can't even look at it. Like, he was just saying to me the other day, oh, I think there's a couple of good pages in that issue. And I'm just like, are you crazy, man? That whole issue is amazing. I just... <laughs> I just spent like six hours straight looking at it, trying to make sure everything's perfect and we haven't messed up the print files. Like, this is a great looking book. Like, what are you saying? <laughs> does it is it all like original inks with Luke's work? Is it? Or does yeah. It so um, he's changed his kind of process, I believe, from the start. Like, he did kind of just do classic pencil on Bristol board and then ink it and scan it. Um, and then I think he moved on to um, you know blue pencil lines. Um, and traditional inks, and then scan it in. But now he's, um, he's, I think he's doing the layouts first on his computer, I think. And then he's printing the layouts directly onto the board, and then he's kind of just building it up from there. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I think he, like, he's constantly kind of learning as well, mm. and, um, you know, trying to push himself, basically, I think. Oh. Um, yeah, it definitely shows. I mean, we're, we're having that sort of the signature style because I, I think anyone who knows America has bought the series. W- immediately, we can see the visual style in our head. We know we know what the flavor of this book is. We know we know the voice that it has. Um, but having that consistency as well, that must I would say take the pressure off you in terms you of messing. It's the opposite. Really? Yeah. Like how how long how long can you be on a good run before? <laughs> isn't it? It's like you're rolling fives and sixes for um, <laughs> thirteen times on a on the trot. Like any minute you're going to roll a one, aren't you? Like, oh, I can't deal with it. <laughs> but does it does it free you up to like knowing that um, Luke? You know, you've got such confidence in what he can do that the ideas you have for upcoming arcs or you just. Now you think, oh, I'd love to see him draw this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like I've just finished the next, the next arc scripts, so that's a four-parter. Oh wow! So you're going back to a, a sort of slightly longer. It's going to be longer, and to be honest with you, I think frankly it's quite insane. And like, I am worried that I've lost my mind. Like <laughs> I sent it over to Luke, and I was like, I've, I've done this. Does it make any sense? Um, <laughs> have have a, or is it just like the ravens of a madman? So um, it's it's quite has wild. He, has he replied yet? He thinks it's good. <laughs> or like, it's hard to know, isn't it? Like that's that's the big thing. Even whenever you make anything, like I'm super hypercritical about everything. I'm sure anyone who's read my Twitter or anything like that is probably aware of that. But I apply that kind of hypercriticalness to my own stuff. And I think that is, you know, why we've made quite a good book because I will just keep working on it until I think it isn't shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, you're still kind of, still kind of putting yourself out there on the chopping block, aren't you? 
Um, like you could be convinced that it's great. You could be convinced about anything, but then, you know, other people don't see the world the same as you do. So anything can happen in between it being finished and other people kind of consuming it. Um, but ultimately we're kind of like, I just do it for myself. Um, it just means if no one likes it, we, like, we won't be able to kind of fund anymore. <laughs> um, so it's kind of like it's always a weird one when you finish something. Even even the paperback now, getting it to new readers, it's just like, oh, new people are reading this. What are they going to think? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they'll love That's... it, man. Come on, yeah, come on. Uh, it's a good, good comic, but you know, still you're in that transitionary period in between someone kind of picking something up and reading it. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's true. I mean, there was that thing earlier in the week about people talking about not saying bad things about creator's work and it's like well if you're putting stuff out there you can people can slag off my book if they don't like it i kind of what the effect it has on you is determined by yourself do you know what i mean like if you don't want to hear what people think about something don't go looking for it like yeah don't don't be on like don't be on twitter being like don't send me don't say mean things about my stuff i only want people to say great things about my stuff and tag me in it when you say great things about my stuff it's like okay cool yeah, fine. Not worth yeah. worrying about, is it? Yeah. Like, That's the way you want to live your life. All you have to do is, is just be kind of confident in that you've done your best and you're happy with it, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, I, I, and I, I think what sort of undoes all of that, you know, the, the online waffle and the nonsense and the hot air is those moments that, and God, how we miss them, the convention circuit. Mm. Um, when you have people coming back up to your table to get the other issues, or, or like you know, people will genuinely sometimes if it's a two-day convention, they'll pick up the first book, they'll go away, and then they'll pop back the next day and go, "Oh, I have to get the rest of this because I, I read it last night and really loved it." I Love mean, it. you must you must have had some great te- you know moments like that, Tom. Since you, I think the um, like when you say that one just comes straight to mind um, to me. I did a convention and it, it was like towards the end, and and this kid, he must have been like I don't know early teenager, whatever, mm. he came over and he's looking through it and he's proper proper looking through the books and you know, proper kind of trying to take it in and, and you can see like the cogs in his brain working. And like, I don't rush him or give him the hard yeah. sell or anything. He's just there looking through it. And then like, he just looks straight at you and he goes, is this any good? And you're just like, <laughs> is this any good? It's like, well, you put me in a hard position here because I made it and I think it's good. But if I tell you that it's good and then you get it and you go away and you're disappointed, like, like what, what am I, I'm going <laughs> to I, I, I made it, I'm selling it. Like it, it's, it's going to be very difficult for me to say it's not good. So I was like, I think it's pretty good. And he's like, okay. And he goes away and he comes back and he gets it. And he's like, we're going to take a chance. And I was like, okay, cool. Thank you. And he buys the first paperback and he goes off. And then I did another event a few months later. And this yeah. this same kid came back, and he comes over to the table, and I was like, "You you were that kid who asked me if it was any good, <laughs> when yeah?" And he was like, "Yeah." And I was like, well, "What did you think? Was it any good?" And he was like, "Yeah, it was really good. Like, I want to buy the rest. Oh, like, that's good. That's brilliant. Um, that was cool." Um, but yeah, it's one of them, isn't it? Like, oh, is this any yeah. good? What do you say? Yeah. yeah. What do you say? Yeah. Best comment ever. <laughs> A lot of people would be just, "Yes, yeah, fucking brilliant. Buy it." Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I think I probably said you can you can download the first issue for free. Just go home, download it, see what you think. Yeah, but fair. I mean, gotta love that kid because he he took a punt on it, which is what we love. Came it's back, just that, just that sort of like yeah. 
Um, maybe it was the you know the drugs that you put in the paper. Maybe that wafted that. <laughs> uh, as he's, as he's looking yeah. through, he's like, "There's something about this. I just need. I just need more." <laughs> no, but, um, I think it's like what, what you were saying earlier. It's like it is quite kind of crazy to think that the series does does genuinely have fans, and like that's amazing. Yeah. Like when people come to the conventions, they said, "Oh, I've, you know, I've been thinking about doing like a cosplay or something, or just you know, they'll talk about like." kind of odd details in the book that you don't think people pick up on something is it's great that people want to read it and reread it and it's not just kind of something that they kind of pick up and you know forget about yeah the the thought of that though isn't it i mean i mean i mean if if joseph joseph merrick himself could see like the it like cosplaying as him in a positive light because that's what it is, you know. Because Merrick, so he's a hero, isn't he? You do know what I mean in, in this series. He's, mm. you know, I know he's a tragic hero, but you know, it's it says a lot about the character and and like the world that you created that people actively think about. I want to dress up like this. Yeah, it's um, got that. That's got to be like a real highlight, hasn't it? Mm. Like, but yeah. If he was looking at that, it's, it's, it beats Michael Jackson trying to buy your skeleton, doesn't it? <laughs> 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 oh god where is that skeleton now um it was um in the back of the royal london hospital there's like a uh, there's a reproduction in um in like a little museum exhibit that you can go into in there um i think the real one's down there but yeah michael jackson did try to buy it which is weird yeah yeah is that it's, weird, it's not just there, to be honest but whatever is that the yeah. skeleton that's in that that's dancing in that video what video? Oh, um, leave me alone! Don't just leave me alone, or whatever. You know that that weird one. I mean, a weird Michael Jackson video narrows it down, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, I don't know that one. Oh, I'll, that's I'll, when we're going around the roller coaster with the yeah, dogs. the roller coaster. Yeah, when it's that's got bubbles. Nuts. It. Yeah, it's a weird video. I'll, I'll send you yeah. a link for it, Tom. It's sort of a. <laughs> you'll watch it and feel uncomfortable, like like we all do when it comes to <laughs> like like most Michael Jackson videos. Michael, Michael Jackson. <laughs> my, uh, <laughs> Brother wanted to, when it when that went out. My brother was like young. He wanted to go see that for his birthday, so I took my dad along, like and his mates and me and one of my mates. I wish I could go back in time and look at my dad's face for the entirety of Moonwalker. Just the expressions he must oh, have been putting. God. <laughs> <laughs> Moonwalker, my God. Oh. <laughs> that had a video game though. It did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in t- in terms of like, come on, come on. How, how who has approached you um, about? You know, have you been appro- approached by any publishers or anyone? You know, sort of saying, oh, I, I we can create merch for this or you know, doing ac- action figures. Come on, we want an action figure of Merrick. I know Luke is really kind of hot on wanting an action figure, um, but I, I, I don't even really know where to start. Like that's something yeah. we thought about, but. I don't know, maybe when we've got a few more books behind us, it's something we could think about. Yeah. Um, a couple of publishers have, have kind of shown interest, but I don't know whether it's really worth it. Mm. Like, while you can do it yourself, I would yeah. recommend doing things yourself, like straight away, not going through the direct market. Like, yeah. it becomes a viable thing where you get the entire kind of, you know, cover price. Like, once you, you kind of, with a publisher going through diamonds, yeah, you're instantly slashing like 50, 55, 60% straight off that. Um, mm-hmm. And then you're paying for the printing costs. If you're, you know, if you, you're making £4 on a book and then £2 that goes to printing and you're selling, you're getting £2 for every book that sells, like you may as well just be doing it yourself and getting 10, 15 yeah. Yeah. for the book. Um, I, I think 
people like the kudos, don't they, of saying, putting it on their Twitter bio or whatever, you know, published by this, published by that. But I, I, I don't think it's kind of the best move for a lot of people. Um, certainly not initially until you kind of break through a certain level where you can't kind of deal with things yourself. Mm. Uh, it's almost better keeping it in-house. Like, and, and also with the publishers, sometimes people are signed up by publishers, but they, the publisher won't necessarily support the the book like you thought they were going to. Yeah, we've had stories of that. People well, yeah, I, I think with, with a lot of publishers, you, you're basically just getting access to the direct market through them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if you wanted to, you could do, you could still do that yourself. Yeah. Um, You've still like, got to be the loudest cheerleader for whatever you create in comics. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I think with our book and kind of the people who read it, I think the quality of our, you know, the print quality of stuff yeah. is kind of something that we really hold to like a high standard. And I'm sure like your average publisher probably wouldn't be behind that. Um, like you're spending how much on print? Why? Why are you buying this expensive paper? Um, I don't think it would fly. I'd much rather be kind of a smaller boutique operation. Yeah. Um, kind of building a, a, like our own little kind of world, basically. Mm. Um, while we've got Kickstarters going. Yeah. Like that's covering things. Like right. the online store, especially over lockdown, has been doing great. Really? Um, yeah, we've got the best year ever on our online store. Oh, that could be because we've got more books. Do you know what I mean? The more we put out, the more there is for people to buy, the more chances people are seeing things. Is, is, this, pr- is this print or is it uh, digital? You know, what, what have you seen do better over this? So our store is physical only because we do the digital through Comixology just for ease. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we've probably done like an extra 50% in our online store. Um, but it's still not, it's not like, it's not Lambo money, but um, we're just kind of paying, paying for stuff, kind of working through. Yeah. Um, like I'm hoping when this start is finished, because we, we've been working on like a little bit of a deficit. Um and I'm hoping the money left over from this Kickstarter will go a long way to kind of balancing the books, as it were. Um, okay. And obviously, the paperback sold great. We're hoping the second paperback will sell great as well. Um, it certainly seems like an easier sell at conventions and online. So I'm hoping that that'll kind of just drip and drop out mm. from the online store. And, um, you know, we'll kind of start moving forward then and start building up some funds. Mm. Um as we do these new issues, basically, because like as you as you get more content, that's just um, that's, I mean, for for new readers, that's that's just more for them to get stuck into straight away. Like, you, I mean, you'll you'll have the people that bought the first trade paperback when they first, when it first went on Kickstarter, and you'll have the other people that, you know, like me, I've read them all, but I use this Kickstarter to get my hands on the two two trade paperbacks, um, and there are other people who do not know what this is and now there's an abundance of stuff that they can pick up they can do you know well and also later on down the line you've got the option because you've got more stock and things like that you've got the option of doing you know i I guess like deals or like packages or you you have more options open to you at your convention table don't you when you have more stuff to offer? yeah we we we, like i i kind of work on the on the kind of basis of trying to keep things as cheap as possible. Um, like I, I, we, you talked about the image first volumes before, yeah. uh, they come through as like what, eight quid or 10 quid. Mm. Uh, our first trade is a tenner. Um, the second one's a little bit more, but it's got, you know, 50 more pages. Um, because 
I don't want to have like piles and piles of books that I'm trying to sell for like 30 quid each that, you know, someone buys one in a blue moon. I want them to go out as fast as possible. I want to have as few kind of barriers to entry um, as possible for people to read it. Uh, that's why I keep the digital files like on the Kickstarter, especially they're like a pound each for a digital comic, which, um, you know, it's nice that people kind of support that level as well. Um, cause you are just, you know, getting the digital link and the digital files, but it up like one of 400 pages of comics. So for 15 pounds, you know, you're going to be entertained for quite a while. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it's important to get as many people able to read your book as possible. Um, rather than focusing on a small niche market of people who are willing to pay a premium. Um, like when you see yeah. some crowd crowdfunders, it's like 20 quid for a single issue. Like just because people Bloody will yeah. pay it, it, it just seems crazy to me. You're not going to sell 10 issues at 20 pounds. No one's going to pay 200 pounds for 20 for 10 single issues. I don't know. Maybe they will. Maybe yeah. I'm just completely disconnected from reality. But um, I certainly know I wouldn't. Um, and I don't want us to be like a special case. I'd rather be priced the same as an image book or priced the same as you know a dark horse book because I don't think there is a difference. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 It makes sense. Makes no sense. I, I, think, makes I think a lot of people as well, when they oh, it's gonna say it's gonna say negative, but I'm gonna explain it. Some people overvalue their books. Now we all know how much work goes into a comic. We, you know, there's so much hard work, and obviously people want to, want to receive something for their time, time and money. But also, you have to sometimes you need to separate that from the product itself. At the end of the day, it's a product, um, and. You know, we've all looked at books and just been like, "Sorry, you've priced me out." As nice as it looks, I can't. Absolutely, I, I can't spend the money on that. Yeah, will people buy, buy that when there's like the next table over has got the same book for yeah. but for four quid less? Yeah, but sometimes and, there may be some sort of subliminal. <clears throat> you know, if you give it to them cheaper, and you know, there may be a subliminal. Oh, I really enjoyed this. In the long run, they might spend more money with you than they would if they had just bought one issue for a stupid price. Yeah, absolutely. I, I want people to be buying the bundles of 10 books. I want people to, you know, be in from the start and, and carry on on the kind of the whole journey of the series with us. I don't yeah. want people to think, oh, you know, this was expensive. Um, I, I want them to think this is like kind of reasonable. Um, it happens every now and again. Yeah, let's kind of get involved and keep up with it. Um, yeah. Because what's the point in spending all that time and effort if no one reads it? Exactly, exactly. But lots of people are going to be reading your books, Tom. I mean, obviously, Kickstarter was a, was a success, but we heard it here. There's more on the way for this character. Um, have, have you been um, tempted to do much away from Merrick? What have you done away from this character in terms of writing and stuff? Or have it has it just been solely just this one character? You've lived your um, life with him for years. <laughs> well, I've done a few kind of shorts for a couple of anthologies and stuff. Um, I, um, I actually got approached by a publisher earlier this year um, to pitch to them for the wow. first time. So I, uh, I threw a little pitch and they were like, yeah, great. Let's do that. So I was like, wow. Okay. One pitch, one acceptance, pretty good ratio. Let's keep it at that. Nice. Um, we... I worked with him. I don't really know how much I can talk about it because, well, we'll get to that. So we got like quite, a, we got quite a tight deadline. So did quite a lot of work. 
really fast. Everyone on the team kind of busted their ass. Yeah. Um, we made kind of the first instalment of this thing. Um, we had some back and forward with the publisher. Um, and then we got a message, uh, stop everything. We've run out of money. Um, the publisher's going under. And it was like, okay, cool. Would have been sweet. Um, would have been sweet if you told me this like a week and a half ago before I commissioned the soundtrack. But here we are. So um, apparently they're paying all their, um, their you know, responsibilities, but the check is in the mail. So we will have to see um, whether that materialises or not. But um, as it was, doing things yourself at your own speed, um, the way you want to do them, seems better. Maybe I'm wrong, but um, that wasn't wasn't the best experience. Um you know, that's, that's interesting. So yeah, so so you found that you, you prefer that sort of the rhythm and way of working when you've got I guess the control is taken out of your hands. Yeah. Uh, isn't it? Yeah, basically we, we I just like doing what I want to do when I want to do it. Yeah. Um and, and this lets me do that. Um I'm working on some scripts with Johnny Cannon from the um the nice. Ah, oh, nice. Yeah, we love Johnny. Transylvania Knights and the United. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of half written. Um, I'm going to finish that. I think that's going to be kind of like a like a graphic novel release. Is that something um, that, that Johnny is going to draw himself, or is it? He's going to draw it. Yeah. Oh wow! Oh, brilliant. Look forward to that. Yeah, he approached me, and uh, we kind of. He was like, "Oh, should we do something?" And I kind of bounced a couple of ideas that I kind of had around in my head. Uh, and he really picked up on one of them um, and sounded really good, uh, quite into it. And I was like, okay, yeah, this guy would be perfect for this. Um, it's kind of like a like a council estate noir kind of thing. <laughs> um, like Green Room meets Dead Man's Shoes. Oh, uh, my word. So that's going to be kind of... It's a real happy-go-lucky, uh, family-friendly story then. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, man. Um <laughs> No, it's horrible. Um, it, it's it's kind of based on, well, a lot of ideas of stuff that I know have happened to people or people that I know. And, you know, he, we, I talked about it with Johnny and, and some stuff that, you know, he's kind of experienced or whatnot. And um, it's kind of getting put into this into this book. Um, that's going to probably, I don't know, it, 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 it's not going to be too grim and gritty, but, you know, it'll be black and white and grey. And you know, proper it's grim up north stuff, but I think it'd be fun as well. Beautiful, yeah, yeah. I think Johnny's incapable of doing something that that isn't fun in some kind of way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that'd be cool. um, I've done another kind of spin-off script from Merrick. Um, I'd kind of like Luke to draw it, but we'll have to see with Tan and whatnot. Yeah, kind of a uh, like a, a sci-fi H.G. Wells, um, H.P. Lovecraft kind of thing. No oh, way. Wow. Um, that ties into the Merrick stuff. Oh, nice one. Um, so we just have to find the time for that. Um, but yeah, more, most importantly, more Merrick, basically. Like the new issues are kind of crazy. Um, it all kind of leads through to like volume three. So the volume three paperback is going to be like something stupid, like seven, eight, nine, maybe 10 issues. So each of them is getting thicker each time as well. Um, obviously, oh, yeah. we're trying to get more ambitious and uh, come up with stupider, stupider <laughs> ones for the future. I mean, 
I mean, that's what you got to do. You got to push yourself further every time, haven't you? Because that's when you create the the work that you're most proud of. And you, like... well, I, I worry about kind of retreading the same kind of ground. Um, so I, I definitely kind of want to do different things and experiment with different ideas as well. Nice. Um, so yeah. Well, we will. I mean, obviously, right now. Uh, most importantly, get those books printed, sorted, and sent out, people. Because uh, I, because I want mine. I want mine now, Tom. I want it now. <laughs> it's going to be our fastest one yet. That I'm hoping they're going to be with people by the end of this month. To be honest, oh, oh, wow. that's amazing. Like amazing. I've got the package and stuff prepped. I've got basically just need the um, the backer reports should arrive at the same time as the books. Nice. I've kind of learned how to do my mail merges. We have got the packaging thing down to a fine art. Um, and get it out really fast because ideally I think we're going to want to do like the next issue Kickstarter almost as soon as that arrives with people oh, oh wow. fantastic oh, yeah wow. on yeah, on the case man yeah that's awesome man I mean whenever people are, people get it it's just going to be quality as, as soon as it arrives in your inbox or your door or whatever uh, and we love it dudes yeah just keep up the the awesome work keep up the good work yeah yeah, yeah. Because we because we do love it and um, looking forward okay. to more of it. Where I mean, I, I'm guessing in terms of like the the volume two trade, um, you're gonna mail out all the Kickstarter backers before it becomes available on your shop, or is it? What I tend to do is, um, I, as soon as the Kickstarter ends, I always set up a pre order on um, the online store, uh, uk. So that's down as as pre order now. So, you know, if you don't like using Kickstarter or some people's kind of cards don't work on it or whatnot, you can use our big cartel store and pay pay with PayPal. Oh, got you. And then basically what happens is I prioritize the pre-orders after the Kickstarter. Got you. So mm. the Kickstarter stuff all goes out first, and the next priority is the pre-orders. And then once they're all out, it, it'll just be listed as, like, general release. Um, awesome. But, again, that should be really fast. Um so if you are interested in getting the book, you can just just kind of pre-order it from the uh, from the store. Yeah, so that's meritcomic.co.uk. And where can people find you and uh, and your good wares online, etc.? And find out more. Yeah, so, so our online store is meritcomic.co.uk. That's where you can buy kind of physical issues. Um, you can download the first issue for free as well. Um, Comicsology is probably the place to go for digital issues unless you do want to wait for the next Kickstarter and they will probably be a bit cheaper than Comixology. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Highbrow Trash. Um, <laughs> no, I am trash, but, you know, I feel like I'm quite highbrow. Um, and Luke is at, at Art of Parker. Um, I think Luke's Instagram is at Art of Parker as well. It might be worth following on Instagram. Um, yeah. It's probably a bit more there. Um, and he does, you know, the kind of all the superhero stuff. He'll do a Batman or a Wolverine from time to time or whatever that people, you know, the kids like oh, it. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's about, about are, you, are you guys going to be at Thought Bubble this year? Hopefully, if it all goes ahead. I didn't apply. I, I'm. I'm oh, look at that. He's 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 going to be he's going to be, on, <laughs> he's gonna be uh, around the Caribbean on his yacht. Just... <laughs> I'm gonna be at home, mate. Same as everyone. Yeah, I didn't have. Applied... I didn't have 45 minutes to fill an application form in for someone that's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I hope it happens for, you, for everyone who's excited about it. Don't yeah. listen to me. Yeah, but you can still get his books from the website anyway. So. Yeah. Still, yeah, 
You d- I don't like leaving my house. You don't like leaving your house. No. You can do always it. do a kitchen con. We didn't touch on that. Oh, but... Kitchen con, yeah. I really wanted to do a, a Christmas kitchen con special with the Christmas tree behind me and a fire and that. And I wanted to do one for the Kickstarter, but then I just couldn't be asked. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I appreciate your honesty. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll do another one, you know, when, when things settle down a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, the original and the first was Tom Ward's Kitchen Con. A lot of pretenders now. Yeah, everyone's doing the charge entry. Yeah, yeah, everyone's doing a digital con, but Tom was the first. It's hard work because I did it on my jacks on one of the Kitchen Cons, and like you're just talking to the camera with no interaction. You really got to have someone. You got a real Bob Ross about you, haven't you? Just sort of like, oh yeah, it's uncanny, isn't it? Like the time moves so slow. Yeah, and you're just there staring at that screen. um, Yeah, you learn a lot about yourself. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, oh, it's a real test of character. I cannot one. wait for the next kitchen con because I will check out every fucking table to see all these people learning about themselves. Now, that's what I do. You know, like, after it finishes, I I was sad sit there all night watching everyone's thing. Like I think it was like like nearly fifteen, twenty people on one of them, and it's like each of them doing an hour just watching it like a mad person on my phone. Like, like, like fucking Robin day. Williams from One Hour Photo. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> it's like, I'm eating my tea, my phone's up, watching someone do a kitchen con, I'm washing the dishes, my phone's up, watching someone <laughs> doing a kitchen con, brushing my teeth, watching a kitchen con. It's hard to get it all in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. But, yeah, thanks for joining us this week, Tom. You've been an absolute legend. Uh, uh, see you in another 300 episodes to... Yeah, thanks for having me, yeah. Yeah, see you in 300. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See you in the next 300. Take it easy, Tom. Take it easy, guys. Bye now. There you go, folks. A little back. Um, a lot. Some of I think a lot of our listeners haven't listened to some of the early shows. I I certainly haven't listened to any of our early shows. I know you guys listened to episode one recently. I can't. Yeah, I've not really gone back to many shows and listened to them through. It's interesting because a couple. Of, I know. I was speaking to Eamon yesterday. He used our show as a bit of a resource for when we did our Kirby Fantastic Four episode. So he went back and listened oh. to our Kirby episode and our Stanley episodes. That Kirby one was great. And then he recommended them on his show, which is quite nice. Oh, that's yeah. fantastic! Speaking of Kirby, Tony Esmond sent me and Dan an absolute yeah. banger of a song. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's good, isn't it? Yeah, that's oh, good. Any but... rap song that uses Jack Kirby's voice has got to be worth it, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm down with the, mostly the grime. You know, I do a big fan grime, of the grime dubstep. Oh, God. and the dubstep. Yeah, and uh, but that was really good. I really like that song. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. started a nice little um, feature on the Facebook page. Comic based music is good. Mm. Really? Have you ever heard of the band Kirby Crackle? Oh God, yeah. No. Yeah, they're no, good. No, they do songs like Great Lakes Avengers and all this sort of thing. It's good. Yeah, because I, I know them from uh, Comic Geek Speak. They did the theme uh, from right. Comic Geek Speak. My yeah, son's well into them. I got a load of signed CDs in America one year. Yeah, yeah, because they do a lot of well. I mean, they used to do a lot of live gigs at actual conventions, didn't they? I think they. Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah. that's why at New York I saw them. I think they were gigging at a pub around the corner or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, sorry to get all wanky and talk about TV comedy. Is there anyone watching fucking Falcon and Winter Soldier? It seems like I haven't, very caught, few up I, I, I haven't caught up yet. But okay. I, I'm I've, going I've watched to. everyone but the new one. Yeah, I'll okay. save that for tomorrow. Because everyone was all over that one division, but no one seems to be kind of wow, fucking no, Fal- Falcon yeah. and the Soldier. Yeah, no, no one's spoiling it. Uh, That's more my cup of tea. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, I think I think yeah. it will be. Yeah, yeah. 
I watched that. Uh, but is uh, it good? All I need to know from you guys is it enjoyable? I like it. I think there's I'm a couple of moments. There's a couple of moments in that really fucked me off. Okay, <laughs> I'll tell you later. But yeah, I'm like, oh really? But the uh, I watched the Invincible. I watched all of it last night. I watched the first four episodes. Oh, I oh, okay. the fourth that one. That was yeah. very like the comic. I was impressed that they've yeah. held to the comic yeah, on that. I am thoroughly enjoying it. You know, I've only started. Got the first ten minutes in the first episode. I've been really like, oh, do I want to carry on with this? Because I, I don't know. I'd rather just. Um, yeah, I was a bit like that, man. I I left. I watched the first 10, 15 minutes and then left it for a couple of weeks. And then because my son really likes it, I watched it just so we can chat about it yeah, on okay. Skype and that. And um, I'm, I mean, I don't really like cartoons. I don't really watch cartoons ever, really. Yeah. And But um, I only watched it because I wanted it to be like the comic. And it is quite like the comic, I have to yeah. say. Did it yeah. play out like I thought it would, Tony, in that when I said the first art series would be? I won't find out. It. Okay. We can't, yeah. we can't spoil it. Yeah. But I think you need to see it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It is yeah, one of those. Yeah. They naturally becomes increasingly more violent as well. Yeah. Yeah. They, like na- the they, they naturally yeah. sort of like, like a good comic. They the, the first episode is left with a oh shit. Right. Um, and then by that time you bought in it. I was actually quite impressed that they're forty-five minutes an episode as well. Yeah, yeah I was quite surprised by that. Mm. It's a, a moments a little too manga for my taste. So you kind of get okay. a little bit of the sweat on the brow stuff occasionally and things like that. But no, oh, I like all that. I, I, I tell you all... what, I'm more. I, I'm kind of getting more on board with comic book stuff being animated than live action. To be fair, I'm just sort of like I, th- I think it can do. A, I mean, I say that. Oh, mate, I, they said to, uh, some news last week. Oh, we're going to do a Zatanna live action movie. And they were trying to get everyone excited for it. Oh, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How often has she been in a comic? Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. yeah. Just don't do that character. Like, oh, as a live what a film. What a waste of time. No. Yeah. There's so many, so many fucking characters you could go for. Yeah. And there's a fucking audience for all that. The people going on about the Zack Snyder cut and not doing it's, great I numbers. getting good word of mouth, you know. Yeah. And to be to fair, I'm, I'm, I was talking about this yesterday, but I'm kind of pleased that they've cancelled the New Gods movie because I only want a New Gods movie if Jack Kirby's involved. Okay, because Jack happen, Kirby so... is the New Gods, and it's yeah. so his book. I don't give a fuck if some new wave writer wants to write it. It's not New Gods, as far as I'm concerned. I'm not interested yeah. in it. Yeah, that's my uh, grumpy old bloke feelings about Fair it. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But of course, as always, like what you like. Don't be a dick. Um, and and I watched it in two two sections because anyone who watches that the Snyder cut in one go is probably a maniac. Uh, did you watch it all in one go, Tony? Yeah, 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 did yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, nice one, too. So. No, I didn't know. It was in two bits. I watched yeah, it two, two, two bits. I watched, more power. I got a bit entranced. I kept rewinding the bit where the where the Icelandic women do a song that goes on for ages, and I kept going back to it and thinking that's a bit yeah, weird. That, yeah, that was that was the weird bit, but I enjoyed it. You know what I mean, yeah, I liked it, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Any goodness is in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, which goes back to what I was just saying. But it's and there's a lot of characters coherent. that get more time than they really fucking. Do you know what I mean? But oh. it's yeah. oh, do you know what? I'd rather read the Justice League comic. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck it all. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Exactly. It is. It, it, it's there. Watch it if you want. Don't watch it if you want. And uh, you should read the books. Speaking of reading books, um, this show's all about comics, and so never mind all that TV show nonsense. Um, why am I going to the recommendations? Because surely we've got some shout-outs. <laughs> I tell you what, this fucking Easter I didn't weekend, know we started. This is... Oh, yeah, we had done, didn't we? Yeah, yeah we, we had, had done, yeah. yeah. That's the thing is, yeah. 
long weekends mixed with this weird timey-wimey nonsense that we're in with lockdowns and all of this jazz and and hot weather i mean i'm i'm slightly pickled today my brain's like soup you've been on the piss no i can't handle my booze anymore i can't i'm shit at drinking mm. i used to be really good at it yeah i just, i i have half a uh, half a bud light and i got windy pots um <laughs> <laughs> I have half a lager now, and I, yeah. some, I hear someone shouting, let's do shots, yeah. and I realise it's me. <laughs> <laughs> um, do we have any shout-outs this week, those gents? Oh, I can't think of any, man. Yeah, I've got a few. So, Joseph Simon, thanks for the brilliant badges, man. Oh, God, oh yes, yes. Apart from that. They yes. were fucking amazing. Hello, uh, hello Joseph. He, he saw me, and uh, I think he waved hello to me, but I didn't acknowledge him. When was this? Oh, well, you know, uh, the weekend. Nice? This, this weekend. Really? Yeah. Oh, it was at the drink and draw, wasn't he? We thanked him at that, yeah. so that was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which was another triumph. Yes. Yeah, really good. Um, couple of kickstarters. So Keir Wordsmith by Ian Ashcroft. Oh yeah. Um, is uh, the in betweener. It's all drawn. It's ready to rock. Ready to go out. I've seen a load of it. It looks amazing. Um, so get on that. It's already like three hundred and sixty percent or something. Um, the new Penguin book, Burnout from Al Henderson. That's on Kickstarter now. It's only got a few days left, actually, by the time he listens to this. But uh, that's already at 385%. But that is no reason not to get behind it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Al's got it knocked knocked together, and he? he's got it nailed yeah. down yeah, around uh, Kickstarters. He knows what he's doing, and it all yeah. comes out, and it's great. And he sent me yeah. a bit of toilet paper with the last one, which made me laugh. <laughs> as I said, it's always a good book to have in the toilet. So he sent me some toilet paper Lovely. as well. Lovely. Good. There you go. They're my ones. Um, oh, yeah. I think it's about this. Um, I. <laughs> I can't think. I'm going to think of ones afterwards. Is that what you do as well, Dan? Yeah. Usually when we go past them, you know, fucking hell, this, this, and this. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what's another good one is um, Strangers dropped their books on the second. Um, So Strangers fanzine, who we had Ed on, Eddie on a few months ago, didn't we? Um, Yes. Every so often they get in, which is how they do it with us, actually. They get a load of books in. They get a small print run through of books and they stick them out. And... I had an alarm set on my phone for 4.59 because it was going live at 5. Yeah. And I immediately, I kept refreshing, refreshing. And then I started buying books. And only because I got that thing from PayPal where they said, uh, we need to text you a code, did I lose out on a couple of the books because they were selling out so quickly. That's how quickly they sold out. Whoa. I think, that, I think oh, wow. with a couple of exceptions, last I looked, there was one issue of Strangers Fanzine, five left. Um, but the rest are just all gone. Incredible, uh, that is the hotness at the moment, man. Then, yeah, that is the, the hotness. It really the underground kind of comic. It is the bucking against the system. Off. We get this in times of crisis, don't we? We get um, a new rise of a new comics format, and you know, a new little side of comics comes out. And we got it in the you know in the seventies with the the financial problems we got two thousand AD. We got it in the rise of superhero comics, you know, during the war. But now we're getting it in during COVID, and it seems to be strangers fancying that are leading the way. Absolutely brilliant. We sent him a little message. I sent him a message from our our um, pod Twitter, and he's, he's over the moon. So that's good. Awesome. Good stuff. Speaking of awesome, um, God, how's about that for tying into the actual name of the show? Um, <laughs> do we have any recommendations this week, chaps? I do not. Um, yeah, no because um, I swear I've, I've read things, but I, I'm not sure what I've read. I've got a, I've got a pile of things that I need to read. Um, but Tony's, I tell you what, 
Tony's going to do one of his in, in my voice. No, he's not. No, he's not. But I know you got a couple this yeah. week, Tony. Do you want to kick? I got two to do, so I'm just screen sharing one Ooh. of them. Now this is um, just a very quick one because I haven't had a proper chance to read it. Oh, I know what this is. And I showed this at um, the Drink and Draw, didn't I? To everyone yeah. at the Drink and Draw, yeah. I screen shared yeah. with this. And this is the strange, strange death of Alex Raymond by um, Dave Sim and Carson Grimbo. I'm going to say, look at that cover. Look at that. How That's... gorgeous. That's yeah. a geezer who can draw. Look at that. Yeah. yeah. Just amazing. Um, I'll scan you through to some of the... It's a hard one to describe, and it's 300-odd pages, so I haven't read it all. And it's very, very multi-layered. Um, and it's partially autobiographical. Sim appears himself. There's bits about things. There's um, think, bits about Alex Raymond and bits that are not about him. And there's, there's self-referential bits. So if you look at, look at all this gorgeous... It starts off in a, a street in the snow. Just look at that. Yeah, that's great. just mm. incredible and it slowly drills down into the shop and there's a girl behind the counter sort of hipster girl with a woolly hat on drills 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 and then she's looking at a copy of the strange death of alex raymond in her hand and uh it's so it's so cleverly laid there's sim talking about an issue of alter ego look at that um and it flips I mean, about none, none of you lovely listeners can see this yeah no, no, you can't totally see, scrolling through the pdf on screen the it's pages, lovely black and white realistic but with an old school style to it i think um it is just a, an absolute utter masterclass in comics compare this to some of the comics we see these days and this this dude and there's there's just non sequiturs and uh it, it just shoots off at different angles and he uses models as you know look at these people he draws they're just so beautifully drawn yeah. they like some of them are straight out of the sunday funnies of rip kirby and some of them are you know, just look, there's a, there's an Al Williamson drawing in it. Who actually strangely looks. I know Pete Dory went into Al Williamson. I showed. It actually looks a bit like Pete Dory to me. Yeah, it's um, there's some stuff which is as if Dave Sim is Charlie Brown, and it's incredible. And it's it needs so much consideration. There's this is not a review. This is a novel. This is a whole book. You know, a whole documentary to describe why this is this and why they do this and there's a quite a good drawing of a young neil adams there circa 1977 and it's it's a history of comics it's a history of a lot of things and uh, i absolutely adore it it's uh i was going to review it this week but i just didn't have enough time to give it the care that i thought yeah, I justice. Yeah, yeah 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 but there's that it's out we got well i get sent a, i'll send it to you boys we got a preview copy sent through i think i sent it to you didn't i yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, we got a preview copy sent through. It was very kind, and um, I'll be—I'll probably write, try and write something, or try and do justice to it. I think is what I would like to do. But yeah, incredible, yeah, absolutely incredible. There you go. That's the first one. The strange nice. death of Alex Raymond. Alex look look Raymond. for it. I've already pre-ordered mine, and so should you. Amazing, yeah. Dan. Do you want to go next? I've been going back into an old classic. I ordered the. I've read this book in the past, and I don't. I don't have many memories of the ending of it but very fond memories of the beginning of the book series and it's akira okay. the first i don't know where my the i've used to have these on book in all these books but i don't know where they're gone so i've ordered myself book one and i read through that this week and it brings back so many fond memories uh this came out in the 1980s and it was a real kind of the animation at least was a real turning point in the uk of sort of bringing uh manga into the kind of the forefront where once it had been on periphery, now Akira was sort of like it became like a tentpole film, and people went after it. But the the, the manga, well, 
is it, I think the anime or the manga I can never remember the fucking difference but this book is oh it's fucking lovely the the the, the edge and the danger in it is just so real and the world like Kashiro Otomo crafts it just feels so kind of grimy and it's got a grunge and there's a realness to it of these kind of telling the story of these biker kids and how they get involved with this uh, government faction that are, uh, harvesting uh, like uh, extra sensory powers and it just sets so much of a kind of a trend that many followed afterwards that I think Akira rightly gets a lot of kind of nods from creators because it does what it does so well and like there's death, murder, sex, violence, everything in this comic. And I really enjoy it. And one of the things I'm looking forward to, I can't remember how it ends. The book is significantly different to the animated film where uh, it changes when Akira comes back into the world. But I know in the books, from what I can remember, it, it triggers like another sort of like extinction event in Neo Tokyo and everything's knocked back and there's like almost post-apocalyptic scenario where they're trying to survive on the streets. And the main character disappears for a while. Uh, Canada, or Canada, wherever you, you pronounce it. So I'm looking forward to getting the, the other volumes in and reading through it. I've never... So, it's, one of those, it's one of the major series I still have yet to read any of. Right. Each of, one's like a phone book. Yeah. yeah. That great. scares me about yeah. a, lot, a lot of those sort of series as well, but... You can buy, there's a big, nice box set of it, isn't it? You can buy, yeah. I think it's worth investing in, I think. Yeah, yeah. it's like 120, 100 and something, maybe less. But when not, you think of how many volumes there are in there, that's not too bad. You know, if yeah. you, you'd it's probably spend that if you bought them singles, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. 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 Set on my loud keyboard. Oh, yeah, his <laughs> keyboard from Jurassic Park. He touched typist. Yeah. 260 quid, says Bloody it. hell, sure that is too much. Yeah, yeah, I'm not buying that. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's only six volumes, so I don't okay. know why so much. Maybe I'm this completely uneducated. Me Google it online while we're on the on the. Okay. There's one on Amazon, uh, 35th anniversary, but that's no, 144 on okay. this on Amazon. So there you go. I think because this sold out and people are flogging it for massively marked up prices. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think I think it's one um, that I need to read at some point. But yeah, I think so. I've read it most of it a few like years ago. But I need I I, I think I if I had the time I would reinvest. The same as one of those ones like I need to reread Cerebus uh, every so often. I think that should be my next project, and I haven't got that much time in my life anymore. Yeah, yeah. Thing, you know? yeah. It's weird. Sometimes I'll kind of build up like this. Oh God, I better read that. And this I feel like oh, the weight of it is almost crushes me. But then when you get into it, you just blast through it. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, that's what I'm like with actually sort of Invincible. Actually, I want to, yeah. I want to start Invincible. You know, um, that's that's another series that I've been meaning to just start because I know you did that recently, didn't you, Dan? Did you read it from? The I started reading. Yeah, I've got through the first two. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't. I, I don't start have too, the series. Yeah. yeah. I don't have too many series. Um, Do you only need that, Vince? Hey. Do you own any? I, I I literally I only own the first tray paperback I think, um, but now that I've become sorry, a, a, a weirdo, the small for, one. yeah the yeah the small one. Yeah. But now that I've become a weirdo for like omnibuses and big hardcovers and things like that, I yeah, think you might as well just hand your wallet in at the local at Amazon if you get yeah. a chance. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. know that you won't have any money for the rest of your life. Yeah, I yeah. Th- yeah. I think um, 
because I know Invincible's got some big omnibuses, hasn't it? That's got a few. It's like that Kaiju Max omnibuses. They're yeah, great as well. Yeah. Similar. Oh God, that's yeah. another one that's on the list. My God. But I've already got the trades for Invincible. I'm going back and doing the Ultimate Collections. I yeah. don't know why I'm doing that. Because, I've got, because I've got, you're I've a fan. Nine man. trades, but I haven't got the uh, I've got the the large ones, and I read the rest on Comicsology. It's one of your favourite series, Dan. Yeah. I've got it from about issue. I think it's fifty onwards. What and a single. Yeah, I tried to fill in the previous ones, but then it starts getting like two hundred quid for an issue. Oh, we'll be like, now on it. Yeah. 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 yeah, do I want it that badly? No, not really. Yeah, yeah. But, anyway, yeah. onward. Anyway, anyway. So, Tony, take us home. I think the just a quick uh, information message is: it's now what is it? The fourth of April, as we're recording, fifth of April. If you listen to this on the day release, yeah. on the twenty ninth of April is Barry Windsor Smith's new book which is called Monsters, so you need to go and pre-order that. So, trust me, that'll be the book of the year. Go and pre-order it. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, it's been long promised. So, it's, uh, everyone's talking about that one. So, I'm going to talk about, while well, I just screen share, I'm going to talk about a book called Bloom that I got through on um, a Kickstarter. So, it's a Kickstarter bit. So, this Bloom issue one. Uh, it's writer, layouts, colours and letters, Ted Sikora, who I think is kind of the... the the publisher as well pencils inks and layouts by butch mapper inking assist i think he does five or six pages is chris Eriswender, and flatting is anthony Quezen. it's uh it's um published by hero tomorrow comics who i had not heard of before have you heard of them guys no, no i've never heard of that one they're um a bit of a thing they've got they're i think um they're an american-based company they've got a couple of series now i didn't realize until i, I read this and then i went back and did a bit of a, di- a deep dive on them is this character, Regina, who's the character on the covers, who's a sort of hippy-dippy... Um, she looks like a sort of Native American, maybe at moments like a Romany Gypsy kind of 60s character, yeah. is a character in a previous book as well. So this is kind of telling her story. Mate, the in... flatter on this must have had a heart attack on this cover. Imagine. Imagine. <laughs> you have yeah. to put this in the chat, because Jesus Christ. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, that's the cover that caught my attention. There's a number of other covers. There's, they've done like a because it's a Kickstarter. They have a series of covers. They've done a sort of faux romance one with a thought bubble on the cover, which I kind of like. Then there's they've done a Kickstarter cover that is loads of faces. Oh, that's interesting. And I reckon I that's, looked that's this up, but back, I reckon that's back. Yeah, that's back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, he look, he look. That's his sex face. Surely there, isn't yeah. it? Aren't he? But. Uh, and then there's yeah, there's a few covers. They're all pretty good actually. I kind of like them all. I think that's probably the weakest one, which is the the backer one. But if you don't care if you're a backer, are you? Because yeah, you're going to get the yeah, drawing yeah, on the yeah. cover. Is that sort of thing? But um, I actually I really like the first one, which is an acid trip of a cover and the central figure covered in tattoos or covered in painting, which we'll get onto in a minute. Um, is and there's a little bit of the lysergic in this comic. So it's based in 1969 in Cleveland. It's based mo- most of it is based around the same weekend as Woodstock, which we all know was the 15th to the 18th of August 1969. Ramsey is the central character, and he is a mechanic at a garage. He's um, he's a, he's a, a comic artist as well. That's he desperately wants to be a comic artist is his main thing. He gets ribbed a lot by his co workers at one point he goes and buys a mannequin because he wants to practice the the villain in his comic is called regina is the villain in his comic rather is um this female witchy character and she's covered in almost like tribal markings you've got to remember in 1969 people didn't really have tattoos unless you were a sailor 
you know now everyone's got a neck tattoo haven't they seemingly you know you yeah. can be the ceo of a big company and have you know a neck tattoo or something but the um he's he's created this story and he's got this girlfriend and they and some friends and they go to a gig and they're kind of he's kind of a little bit more out there he's trying to push his personal experiences and stuff than it than perhaps most of his um friend circle and they go to a gig and while he's there he see he sees a woman dancing on the stage who is this regina and she is just this utter raven-haired attractive hippy dippy bracelet wearing you know flowers in her hair kind of free spirit and he approaches her and he says look i'd really like to draw you or draw i'd really like to photograph you and use you as reference for the drawings for my comic and she says okay and she gives him a phone number which he's quite surprised at and um they he tries to make contact with her a few times and his girlfriend doesn't really understand and eventually she meets him and they go out into the woods together um and they um slowly slowly get to know each other it's quite clever they get to know each other as the story progresses and he reveals a bit more of himself and he reveals a bit more of the origins of the comic and she reveals a bit more about her nature um he paints the the signs on her and um they they find a an old prehistoric looking rock they find an old cabin in the woods and it's kind of where it goes i'm not going to share with the listeners what happens in the last panel but I'm going to share it with you on the screen there. If you can see that. What the? Can you yeah. see what's happening in that picture? I'm trying to. Just to the right there. Yeah. Yeah, oh. that's what happens. So that's how oh. it ends. Uh, yeah. Um, it's um, it's an interesting first issue. It's very capably done. I, I'm, I'm still going backwards and forwards on this bit, actually, because when I read it, I thought... It's forty odd pages of story. This, which is not bad, is it? Um, yeah. But what exactly happens in it? There's a lot of foreshadowing, and there's bits where he's getting her to pose in front of the camera, and he's saying like, "Be angry, be fierce," and this sort of thing. She's acting this out, and part of me is thinking that's a foreshadowing of what's going to come. We're going to get this big moment in the comic where she's suddenly going to turn evil and produce magical powers, whatever it is. But it doesn't completely and utterly go there. It's only the first issue of a four-issue miniseries, so I kept having to say, say to myself, calm down. You know, doesn't doesn't have to happen. But then I thought again, well, it's a comic, so something has to happen. <laughs> yeah, I sort of jumped a bit about with that. I won't spoil the ending. There is, as you can see there, something of a cliffhanger or yeah. surprising ending, I suppose. Is it surprising? When you read the comic, you may not find it that surprising. Um but it's well done. What they do is well done. I'm not sure. I think maybe I hate the term story editor because I don't think anyone should predict what a story should be to a writer yeah. because he's got it in his head. But I think an editor, let's call it an editor for formatting and pacing and stuff, I think can be useful. Um, I think maybe a little editorial. I think if this was a graphic novel of, you know, 160 pages, I'd have loved it. I think this would make the first re- section of reading it really interesting, and I'd have I'd have ploughed through. Um, I am I am on board for issue two. I think I'm going. I've already done that sign up thing you can do on Kickstarter, which is always wise. Um, and I think it goes live next month, so or this month actually, April. So it's quick because I this this passed it. So this ended the campaign a week ago, I think, and I got the comic the day before yesterday. So that's good. Um, Unfortunately, because it's an American company, it's not worth pledging to the single issues because it costs you 
three times a single issue to get it posted to you, you know. Um, but uh, this is pretty good. Solid art. I, I, I like the art. I don't know what you guys think, but I think it's solid. It's strong. It, it does exactly what you need it to do. There's there's quite a bit of acting in it, which I think works. Um, he draws her well. He draws um, the the main. I'm going to call him protagonist. Um, yeah. Well, um, there's it speaks a story, and it's not necessarily told. Traditionally, there's there's a lot of pa- there's a couple of pages which have this sort of multi-image thing going on, which is good. I'm going to put him near to someone like Norton, I think. Um, yeah. With he he because he he kept he knows what he's doing about how to draw things. So there's none of this sort of hiding behind a style. He he knows how to draw uh, physicality and backgrounds and trees and buildings and stuff like that. But there's also the cartoony in there as well, which I kind of like, which I think goes to, goes well. Um, you can find them at oh, what's the name of it now it is let me just scroll to the top sorry um hero tomorrow comics if you look at them up on twitter you find them here at tomorrow comics just look up hero tomorrow comics on kickstarter you'll be able to, to sign up for it and i think they they are on comiXology you can i think they're only 79p the issues of the other series that he's got going um but look them up it's good it's good solid comics man it's good there's nothing flashy. There's no, oh, look at me crap going on. They're just making nice comics, and I kind of dig it. Mm. Um, and that first cover, that's good enough to be a Marvel comic to me. It's yeah. good enough to be a, a Dynamite cover to me. This could easily be a Dynamite character, and I think it's really well done. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's a very professional-looking cover. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah, really is. There you go. So that's Bloom, issue one. There you, go. there you go. Some wild, strange, and wonderful comics to check out this week. And uh, and there you go. We've we've kicked off the next three hundred. We haven't revert. We we didn't start again at issue one, episode one. We we're, we're going for the long run. What do they call them? Is it legacy runs? Is that what like when Marvel went back to their original numbering? Yeah, but then they had the number underneath, didn't yeah. they? So this is legacy numbering. So yeah. Well, we're yeah. a legacy in, in ourselves, in our own minds. <laughs> Um, so yeah but stay tuned we hope you um, for the next 300 because god knows where this is going to go but um, we got some great guests coming up all different from different sides of comics Um, some interesting uh, talk coming up but you'll just have to stay tuned to find out I'm just going to I'm going to check that he's good for next week now I'll send him a message while we're talking splendid Um, we won't announce it this week just in case no just in case yeah just in case we like to tease you and if you don't like the way we tease you, um, I, I almost started singing uh, Shaka Demas and Pliers, and I'm not going to do that. Um, but if you want me to do that, then you should get in touch with us and email us, awesomecomicspod at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at the awesome Pod, where sometimes we... I mean, Dan put out a, a thread um, this week, which absolutely took off. Um, so Someone out- nicked it and used our... Tw- said, stolen from the awesome Pod and tweeted us into it and yeah that one's still going there is a, have you seen there, that one no i haven't yet i need to catch up on it i know when um it did absolutely take off um very much just shout out to indie creators and let us know about your book which is what this show's all about so definitely um check out the twitter at the awesome pod and find out about that thread and discover some fantastic books because there's i down i downloaded steamroller man oh amazing there's some stuff on there that that you will want to check out. We we certainly have discovered stuff from that thread, so that's the importance of stuff like that. However, if you do the book of faces, go to facebook.com slash awesome comics podcast. 
join our wonderful community group, Awesome Comics Talk, where it is uh, people who listen to this show and other just wonderful people um, who just want to join a community that talks about comics, comic making comics, comics events. Um, we have there there are art threads. There's all kinds of good stuff going on there. So definitely, if you do Facebook, join that group because it'll be the only thing on Facebook that you check out. To be honest, to be fair, and thank you for listening to us. Whether it's on the website awesomecomics.podbean.com, if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, subscribe and leave a review. It helps get the word out about the show, and more people will find out about the strange, weird, and wonderful stuff that we talk about every week. Also, if you listen to us on any other sort of networks like Spotify, Amazon, Stitcher, Podnose, Podknife, what are the networks you on, Tony? Podfake Taxi. <laughs> uh, lovely. There was a big discussion about what that was at the drink and draw. The funniest bit was was uh, Sarah, who was about half a bottle of wine in, and she went, I'm going to Google it, and we went, no! And the chorus of, no, <laughs> was amazing. Don't do it, don't do it. <laughs> so people realising how their naughty behaviour might have done something bad. <laughs> I started a rumour of a mate of mine I used, to, I used to work with five years ago, was the first person ever to be in fake taxi. And no word of a lie, he texted me about two weeks ago saying, yeah, that fake taxi rumour's still going around. <laughs> I didn't learn, did I? <laughs> no, no. Um, and neither do you, because you still listen to us, folks. Thank you very much for listening to, to us this week. Um, where can people find us and our general madness? And Tony, you should put the... Uh, do you have a Patreon link? If if not... Not just, yet. <laughs> I think it's just patreon.com forward slash tribute press. Yeah, that's what you it should goes look live. for. Yeah whenever, yeah, whenever you listen to this, just... Go, go there and hopefully it'll, just go it'll the tribute press twitter and it'll be announced on there yeah, which is yeah. um at tribute press cool and uh, but w- what about um you and your stuff tony uh never on anything.com yeah, i put some images up from um my review today so you can see them as well brilliant uh dan you can find me on twitter at vanguard comic and you can read vanguard at vanguardcomic.com i foolishly didn't update on friday because it was good friday it completely slipped my mind it was friday on that day so i didn't update it was funny that Friday because loads of people didn't come to the drink and draw because they forgot it was Friday. Yeah, to kind of get mind you, it was busy still, but yeah, it was yeah. a few people. It kind of just went out my head, and I was like, it was like yeah. six, seven o'clock in the evening, and I was like, oh, I didn't fucking update it, and I had it all ready to go. But oh well, oh, well I've got to do another. I'm doing another video this week, another Tony's. Hey, that's that brilliant! Yeah. Oh, yeah, amazing. That's great. That's a great idea, Tony. We should talk about that. Mm. Oh, yeah. We should do uh, one. Yeah. We should do one. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> my first initial was like I'll do you but then that was it <laughs> do your mum <laughs> yeah <tell that. laughs> uh, anyway if you can find me on social media uh, Twitter and Instagram at Jester Diablo thank you very much for listening as always we truly appreciate it and here's to the next 300 so from Dan, Tony and myself have a brilliant week read loads of comics stay safe and healthy and stay away from the idiots and just read read and make lots of comics because we want to read them. And until we, uh, until you hear our lovely voices again, what do they do, guys? Stay, Stay fucking awesome. awesome. Oh, he added, <laughs> he added in a rude word. Mm. <laughs> He's levelling up, Dan. In time. Yeah, SFA. Yeah, yeah, you were pretty much in time then. Yeah, yeah SFA. Yeah. Have a look yeah. at Chris Samley's Twitter. He's just drawing your soggy Jimbo. <laughs> fucking hell. Oh, oh, fuck this. Let's, let's end this episode and, and go look at it now. Bye, everyone. It's a Twitter. Bye.